0: Yes. And something else that a lot of people overlook is having business insurance because you may not be able to pay for, you know, X, Y, and Z if you are getting sued for whatever reason. There's so many reasons that, you know, I I can't even get into it. I'm sure. Um, But it's definitely a very smart idea to have some sort of business insurance in place just for your own protection.
1: Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I'm talking to Sharina Anki-Kroll, who is an attorney specializing in the pet industry. She talks about common issues that she sees pet businesses make and why it's so important to legally protect you and your business. Having the correct business entity and insurance set up really tells the world that you care about what you're doing and the customers that you're serving. After attending hundreds of networking events, including pet expos, Sharina had a business lunch gone wrong that inspired her to create a location-based networking app. She told me all about how the app works, and we both share some in-person networking advice. Apps like the one that Sharina created can save petpreneurs so much time. Time that we could be spending with our own dogs. I put all of the wonderful resources that my guests tell me about in the Wear Wag Repeat resource guide. It's a spreadsheet with over 150 tools, apps, and educational resources that you can download for free at wherewagrepeatcom guide. Sharina Anki-Kroll owns a boutique law firm in New York City and has a niche practice in the pet industry. She started the firm at the age of 27 and has received many awards and recognition for her dedication to the legal field. Over the last couple of years, she developed Meetpreneur, a groundbreaking location-based app designed to make business networking more welcoming, accessible, and efficient. Meetpreneur connects entrepreneurs from all industries, anywhere, anytime, around the corner, or at a business expo. The app also has exciting features like map-based viewing of nearby entrepreneurs, daily motivational quotes, direct messaging, and more. Hi, Sharina. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here and uh, learn all about your experience. You definitely have a different specialty than most of the people I usually have on the show, so it's, (laughs) it's really fun to kind of mix it up. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really enjoy what I do. So it's it's great that, you know, you think it's good too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so actually, my dad is a lawyer. And so I've grown up my whole life hearing about legal stuff. And he teaches at a law school here in Pittsburgh. So um, he he used to specialize in zoning law, which if someone is listening, and they don't know what that is, that's basically like how property can be used. Um, So it's not really a super exciting topic (laughs) to me. It's not a really fun sounding topic. But as a lawyer, you decided to focus in the pet industry, which of course is really appealing to me. Why did you decide to focus on the pet industry? Sure. That's
0: a great question. Um, You know, when I started my law practice, I had to figure out, you know, how I was going to distinguish myself from others, uh, just like in any other business, because there's, you know, a million lawyers out there. They're doing, you know, a whole range of things, just like, you know, you mentioned your dad um, uh, doing zoning law, which um, I will agree with you. That also doesn't sound very exciting to <laughs> me. <laughs> However, you know, I, I, particularly focus on business law, contract law, trademarks and copyrights. So those may also not be exciting to, uh, to someone that you know is not familiar with the law but the main point is that we, we love what we do. So I wanted to figure out a way uh, to keep myself interested more than anything else um, as I continue to practice so I wanted to see what areas in, um, in my daily life, brought me the most joy and of course I look to um my my dog who has um you know been the source of a lot of fun times a lot of you know great memories so I kept thinking and I I was wondering you know how can I incorporate hanging out with uh animals <laughs> while I'm a lawyer. So, um that those two things don't usually come together that often. So I thought, you know what? Because I work with small business owners, why don't I focus on pet businesses and um see where that goes. It kind of really started as an experiment to see if it's even a viable option. And um I started going to you know pet expos, pet events, and it became clear really quickly that I just love not only meeting people who have an interest in in pets, but also the people that um those same people who are creating businesses based on the passion for their pets, because I found from my personal experience, that anyone with a pet business really loves pets. They don't just come out of the blue without having a passion for, you know, the betterment of the lives of pets. So that's how I, um that's how I got into it years ago. And now it's sort of just been an ongoing, um, an ongoing business idea that I I just absolutely
1: still love to this day. It, it sounds like you get, to, you just get to work with so many wonderful, passionate, big hearted People, you know, I think anyone that I've ever met in the pet industry is exactly how you describe. They're just really passionate about pets and making pets and people's lives better. So, you know, what better clients could there be?
0: Yes, exactly. And you know what you you actually touched on something really important because the pet um, the pet related business owners are so passionate and usually very caring people. They often overlook the legal aspects which pop up for any business not just pet businesses and they overlook it and they just want to run with the business without having the proper protections in place and this has been you know a story that's repeated over and over and over that i have seen from practicing law with the with the pet industry so i feel that because of my own passion for pets i understand where these business owners are coming from and i'm able to better explain things to them than maybe some other lawyer who wouldn't be as passionate about pets as I am.
1: Yeah, that that is so interesting. I've I um have always kind of been surrounded by creative people, and I think mm-hmm. there's such an overlap between pet people and creative people and artists. Um, it's really hard to find someone who has like that business sense and then also has kind of the creative side. Um, Now, before I ask you my next question, I just want to give all of our listeners a little disclaimer um, that Sharina is sharing, you know, personal stories of her experience and nothing on this episode should be considered legal advice. Uh, If you do want legal advice for your business, please get in touch with her on a a professional basis or, or find another attorney that you can talk to. Um, but Sharina, tell us, you know, what are some of the biggest legal concerns, um, that you do see popping up in the pet industry with your clients?
0: Sure. Um, so a lot of the, uh, let's focus on, um, just one type of business just so, you know, we can get the idea across. So let's say someone is interested in creating, um, pet treats, right? So let's say dog treats, for example. And they start making these amazing dog treats that are not out there currently. And, you know, they believe that it's going to change the whole uh, dog food industry because of the ingredients and the, the method in which um, which they employ to make these uh, treats, which may be true. However, Sometimes these individuals become so, um, I guess, wrapped up in their passion that they forget that they are giving out these treats. Even if they're for free, they're putting themselves in the hook, uh, on the hook for um, potential lawsuits. Because if you're giving out these treats and someone gives those treats to their dog and something happens to that dog... They may come after you, even if it was free. And even if you were doing a kind gesture by giving out free treats, if something was to come from that and you are, you know, you don't have a business in place, for example, like a LLC, your personal assets are then on the hook while this lawsuit's, lawsuit is playing out. So, you know, create a business entity before you start anything remotely related to uh, to a business. So you can have that protection in place so someone
1: can't come after your personal assets. And so by a business entity, you would suggest creating like an LLC or something else like that so that you're not right. personally on the line.
0: Right, so a uh, LLC or a corporation—it really depends on where you see yourself um, going with the business. So that's something you know. Once you sit down with your attorney, you can you can discuss because a lot of things come into play when deciding which type of business entity you should be. Not only your current goals, but also what you plan on doing with the with the business in the future. So, you know, it's it's really hard to say which business entity is perfect for someone without knowing the details of what they're doing, what they're planning to do, and how they're planning to do it.
1: Now, um, I'm just curious, like if someone puts a disclaimer on something like, mm-hmm. um, we're not responsible if something happens while you're wearing this leash or while your dog is eating this treat or something like that, how much protection does just like a, a written disclaimer like that give you?
0: Um, so is there, is there a business entity in place? Is there business um, let's just insurance say, in
1: place? Let's just mm-hmm. say that, no, they don't have any of that set up. They're, they just started and they put a little mm-hmm. disclaimer on their product page and that's it.
0: So that usually, you know, will not take you very far if there's nothing else in place, because by putting something in the stream of commerce, you're assuming some sort of responsibility for the safety of the, the product that you're putting in the market so you know you may think that hey i did it the best way possible the safest way possible and i'm just going to put it out there and see what happens you know the person's dog that may be injured because of that product is not going to look too kindly upon you just because you put a disclaimer on it right right so if it's you know if it's negligence that you're trying to cover up which you know if it ended up in litigation it most likely would seem like negligence um you know, then then you're still on the hook for
1: for some sort of, um, you know, some sort of issue. Right, exactly. So it's it's really important to make sure you have kind of your ducks all in a row and all your um, kind of official paperwork needs all completed before. Absolutely. You get into absolutely.
0: Yes. And something else that a lot of people overlook is having business insurance, because you may not be able to pay for you know, X, Y, and Z, if you are getting sued for whatever reason, there's so many reasons that, you know, I I can't even get into it. I'm sure. Um, But it's definitely a very smart idea to have some sort of business insurance in place, just for your own protection.
1: Is that is business insurance something that like a pet sitter or a dog walker or somebody like that should look into as well? I would say it's, it's, You know,
0: it's a good idea for everyone to look into some sort of insurance because anything can happen, right? So, let's say for a dog sitter, um, you know, you're watching a dog at someone else's house and, you know, you go for a walk with this dog and something happens, you know, either the dog runs away or the dog gets hit by a car, whatever the situation may be, you know, the dog owner is going to be upset and, you know, nothing is stopping them really from coming after you. And if you don't have the money, to pay for, you know, a lawsuit, let's say that was settled or, you know, that you lost in, you are going to be in serious financial issues um, if you don't
1: have insurance. Right. And I think a lot of, um, you know, people in the pet industry, like we said, are, we're all such passionate people um, that sometimes I think that passionate kind of heart-centered entrepreneurs are intimidated about getting insurance or coverage like that, because they feel like it's going to make it look like they don't care about their customers or their clients. But really ha- having this kind of protection shows that you really do care about everything, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Honestly, I'll, I'll tell you from my personal uh, viewpoint on that, I don't even need to be a business owner to answer that question. If I know that someone has insurance, I would more, I would most likely go to that person you know, over someone who doesn't have insurance, because to me, it shows that they are proactive, that they are actually thinking of potential scenarios and that they actually care about what they're doing. Um, And if if you're not prepared by having, you know, a business in place, a business entity in place, and, um, you know, like insurance in place, I would tend to think that you're not taking your business that
1: seriously, and you really don't have much to lose. Yeah, that's a good point. Viewing it as you don't have a lot to lose, you might not really care too much about <laughs> what you're doing. So, um, so tell us a little bit, Sharina. So you, so you've been a a lawyer in the pet industry, and then mm-hmm. um, like I, when I read in your bio, you started an app called Meetpreneur. So how did you kind of make the transition? Why did you decide to start an app? And you know, was there was there any kind of situations that inspired you to start it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you about um, how how I came up with the idea for the app. So I have two kids. They're three and four right now. And um, when my son was less than two years old and my daughter was i think about five or six months i forget exactly how old um i was extremely busy not only with my law practice but you know in my personal life because of the kids and everything it's a lot of juggling um and there was an there was an attorney an immigration attorney who was constantly emailing me for months to sit down with her and so i can tell her how i started my practice and how i marketed my practice and you know gained clients all over the country so because my time was so limited i kept pushing that off um until one day when i said okay fine i do have a gap in my schedule so we can meet for lunch uh, let me know when you're available um so she actually picked a restaurant for us to meet at, and I was—I I went and uh, I ordered the food because she was late, and then I started checking my email because she still didn't show up after thirty minutes. Wow. And um, yeah, and so I noticed she sent me an email saying, "I decided to have lunch with my husband instead. Sorry, can't <laughs> make it." And <laughs> and so you could just imagine I. Just could not understand why anyone would do that first of all um and it's with your husband it's not it's really not like an emergency yeah, situation she'll <laughs> probably see him
1: later right
0: right mm-hmm. and here I was trying to you know pay it forward help her out um with with her new practice but anyway, so I thought to myself you know what could I have done with this time if I had an option to just kind of pivot and um you know, see what other options are there for me right now, instead of really just really wasting my time at the, at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I thought if there was, you know, some sort of a tool for me to see who else is around at this time. Um, and that's available to chat or, you know, to meet up and, and get and grab coffee or even meet me here. So I thought, you know, if there was an app that shows me nearby entrepreneurs, that would be something I would love to use personally. So, because there's nothing like that that existed at that time, I thought, you know what? Why don't I just create one? So that's really where the <laughs> idea came from. Um, so my app allows you to see entrepreneurs within a 50-mile radius on a map view and also a list view that lists it from, you know, the closest to the farthest. So you can see who's available, either just for chatting or you can meet up with them and you know um, figure out how
1: to. Uh, gain potential business from there. That is such a great idea. It, it reminds me a little bit when I just go on road trips, even if I have to drive a couple hours away to Cleveland or something, I'll look and see what Instagram dogs I follow in that city, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll love it. And and depending on how close I am with them on Instagram, I might reach out and see if they have time to meet up. Um, there are there are some dogs who are on like my bucket list of dogs I really want to meet in certain cities. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, and so it's it's kind of reminds me of that. But but reaching out to someone, even uh, if they're on an, on your app you kind of, you have to have a lot of confidence, I think, to say to like a stranger, hey, want to meet up for coffee and absolutely and talk about yes. this. <laughs> so do you have any advice for people about how to, you know, tap into that confidence or like good networking icebreakers, I guess? Yeah, sure. So, so I'll tell you about how the app works first and then I'll yeah, give great. you, um, Yeah, I'll
0: also give you tips on how how to go about just networking without the app as well. So with the app, you can see who is nearby. So let's say and it's not, you know, industry specific. So you can see people in a whole range of industries. Um, So let's say I see I see someone that I'm interested in, you know, half a mile away. So I would click on that person and send what's called a handshake, which is basically showing the other person that you're interested in being uh, connected with them. If that person accepts the handshake, then you can start exchanging messages. So that um, handshake is actually kind of like a security Uh, system that's there. So you're not being harassed by someone. Um, So it's saying, hey, I'm interested in talking with you. And if that person's also interested, you can start chatting that way. And, um, you you know, you don't see each other's private information that you're not sharing. um, So that's not, you know, out there for anyone to see. So you don't have to swap your phone number to talk to someone. No one is going to see that. So that's, you know, it doesn't take as much guts to do it through the app. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Well, yeah, because you know um, that
1: everyone on there is kind of opted in to. This. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh, but in real life, I will tell you that, you know, I've been to hundreds of networking events over, you know, over my career. And it takes a lot of courage, not only just to go, you know, to say hi to someone, just to even walk into an event where you don't know anyone. It's, it's really nerve wracking. And, um, you know, I've gone to expos and business conferences in different states where I, you know, I don't know anyone at all. And the best thing to do is to understand that everyone is really on the same boat. They're there to meet and make potential business connections. So once you understand that, any insecurities that you may have about, oh, what may they think that should really go away because I'll tell you what, this is how I, you know, psych myself up about going to events. I think if someone is not going to be receptive to me saying hello and introducing myself, then it's them that shouldn't be there. Not you. That's right. You know, so if if someone is giving you the cold shoulder or acting like they're weirded out by having someone come up to them, really, you should think, why is that person even there? It's not your problem. Right. At that point. And I think that, you know, if you can just
1: remember that it will definitely help you out. I have the worst luck at at like events and conferences. I always end up going up to a group of people who are not really receptive to me or to just like new people in general, like you said, it's their kind of blockage. It's not, I'm not the problem. You know, Mm -hmm. they're the ones who aren't really receptive. Um, and I, and I always feel really bad excusing myself from the conversation, even though they clearly don't want me there. (laughs) Um, so You know, I think it's also a lesson that I'm trying to learn that, um, you know, although it's like quality over quantity, um, at the same time, if, if you're just not feeling the connection, it's okay to excuse yourself and and move on to someone new.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Not everyone's going to be your cup of tea, you know, in, in life in general, not just in business events. It's okay. It's okay to move along. I'll share, um an experience that I had in uh global, do you know the global conference, the, the big pet? Yeah, conference? global pet. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was there last time, uh, I think it was years ago by now. Yeah, um, there was a woman, there's a woman that I have known for years now in the pet industry. And as I was walking the floor, you know, seeing a lot of my clients actually, because a lot of them show at these events, I was just going around saying hi to my clients and, you know, just looking at the new products that are out there for, for pets, because that is personally interesting to me. Um, so this woman sees me and she's like, I just don't understand why, why you come to these events. Like, are you <laughs> looking for clients? And I, it kind of took me by surprise because I was wondering, what are you looking for? You know, <laughs> right. we are all here for the same reasons to so, keep connections that we have already made, or to make new connections. And the fact that someone could be so blunt and like ask such a strange question, it just took me back. Um, so I said, you know, I'm just I'm just looking at the new products and, and meeting uh, new people that I haven't met. So then she reiterated, she said, Well, are you looking for clients or what? What do you say to them? So that was, you know, these are types of questions that may come up, And you have to understand that that person may not be trying to be rude, but it may come come across as rude, right? Right. So you just need to compose yourself and, you know, say something nice and just move along.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think that's a good example of when you need to have just like a little mental idea of what your goal is right. for that event. Um, so that if someone's like, what What are you doing here? <laughs> you can say, well, I'm just, I'm trying to meet 10 new people or something like that.
0: Yeah. And you know what? You don't even need to answer to other people. That's right. About what you're really doing. I think that used to catch me off guard all the time. I used to feel like I need to answer to everyone, especially because I... You know, lawyers don't typically go to these events and for, you know, maybe that's a good thing. But, um, the point is you should expect to come across people that you don't normally see. That's a good thing because they can open up the doors to many other possibilities, which you may not have thought of. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, I could have said something rude. I could have said something, you know, like, you know, I'm also not looking for dog poop bags, which she sells. (laughs) but I didn't want to do that. Um, so, you know, I just said, you know, politely, it's, it's good to see you. I, I have to, you know, catch up with a
1: friend and it could just go that way. Yeah. You never know who you're going to meet at these types of things and where your paths will cross. Again, there's so many people I've met at like Super Zoo or, um, you know, the Dog Writers Association event right. and things like that. And you end up knowing each other later on too. So um, it always is good to put yourself out there, whether it's in person or virtually mm-hmm. on an app or something like that. Um, so Sharina, before before we have to wrap it up, tell us about your dog. Sure.
0: So my dog is a multi-poo. He's an eight pound ball of fluff <laughs> and his name is Merlin. He um, He's amazing. He uh, He's just, he's just, you know he has no idea how small he is so he he thinks he can take on everyone which is um which is something I'm learning or have been learning from him <laughs> um yeah so he's 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 amazing he's on Instagram he has more followers than I do naturally and he used to of be course. a real life dog model but that had to you know kind of uh slow down because my schedule just became too intensive for Running around with him to get his photos taken, so he had to he had to put that life on
1: pause. Oh, <laughs> now he's a retired dog model. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sounds really fun. And um, does he get to keep you company w- while you're working? Well, right now, yes. And
0: anytime I get to, you know, work from home, he's he's always around. Uh, if he's not on my lap, he's in the room somewhere, you know. So he's he's really good. And, you know, what's funny is that we um found him on Craigslist back in the day because we were trying to find a dog that we can adopt. And um, this woman just had him up on Craigslist in the listing because she found out that she was pregnant and she didn't know how she was going to take care of this puppy. He was only like, I think he was like 18 or 19 weeks oh, old. Oh, wow. Um, and um she wanted to give up the dog because she just couldn't imagine how this dog would be with kids and thank god you know we were the ones to get him because he has been amazing with both of my kids he's just he's the big brother he even
1: has shirts to prove that he's the big brother <laughs> says <laughs> that's so cute he's, i yeah, i think that i just love it. dogs find where they're supposed to be so it sounds like he he ended up with you on purpose Oh, I I hope so. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Um, Tell everyone where they can find you online, both for your, your legal practice and then also where they can find Meetpreneur.
0: Sure. So meetpreneur, you can find on, um, I um, Apple store and also, uh, Google play. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry, not iPlay. I just, I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just spell meetpreneur that's M E E T P R E N E U R like meeting an entrepreneur mm-hmm. on either the app store, uh, or uh, Google Play because it's available on iOS and Android. Um, you'll find it that way. Or you can also go to my website at AnkiCrowlaw.com or uh, meetpreneur.com.
1: Okay, great. And then I'll link up to all of that in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're walking your dog or something and can't take notes, <laughs> just <laughs> go to wearbackrepeat.com when you get home and you can find all of those links there. I'll also put Marlon's Instagram on there. Just Oh, so- good. <laughs> yes, because we all, we all need more puppy photos, for sure. Yes. <laughs> what did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at T Mystic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear Wag Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wherewagrepeatcom slash podcast. See you back here next week.